Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, good evening, and welcome to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. My name is Ann DeSantis. It's so great to be here with you. And I have an amazing guest this week. I have Charbel Raish. He is the founder of Perusia Media at perusiamedia.com. He's coming to us from Australia. Welcome, Charbel. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Anne. It's, a, it's, a, it's great to be with you today. It really is. We have so much to talk about. And I just want to start out by thanking you for all the wonderful work that you're doing and specifically for the Advent pilgrimage that I'm involved with this month. Um, and you can find that at perusiamedia.com. So it's, it's such an honor, really is. Uh, the honor is all mine. Um, and it is a blessing. If you asked me 20 years ago uh, that I'll be doing this sort of work, I would have laughed in your face, but um, <laughs> praise be to God here I am and, and I, I don't um, regret any moment of, of my life now as, a, as devoted to the church uh, more than ever and it just excites me, it, uh, living in an adventure right now. Oh, I can tell just based on all the communications that we've had so far uh, through your beautiful website, through the email uh, communication that we've had and even working together with this Advent pilgrimage. So yes. as... As we always do on Journeys in Faith every week, we always talk about the, the wonderful faith journeys of our guests. So I wondered if you could tell us about your own journey to the Catholic Church. Sure, very happy to. Um, it's funny, uh, it took me 21 years uh, to, to come up with an actual book. Um, um, and, uh, and why is that? I mean, this is my book now, How Islam Led Me Back to Christ. Um, I, I promote it because I was never thinking about writing this book. Um, I never thought, it would have an impact on people. But when I started to share it probably about uh, six years ago, um, uh, many people said, you've got to write a book. So I started to do it and I said, Lord, if it bears fruit, I'll do it. You show me the way. And thanks be to God, it's been bearing fruit. And, and every time I share it, it seems to be helping people spiritually. So I'm always happy to share it. And so here I am in 2020, what a year to do it. Um, the year it came out, the year I'm, I'm pretty much going public with it internationally and uh, and it started with my, my faith journey as a young person born in a Maronite Catholic family. So I wasn't born in Islam. I'll have to make that clear. Um, I, I was born as a Catholic um, and we had great foundations. We went to mass on Sundays in those early years, um, but then it stopped. Um, and so my, my background, Maronites uh, come from Lebanon. So my mother's from Lebanon. My, my father is actually from Colombia, South America. So I'm, um, I'm half... Uh, South American, half Middle Eastern, um, born and raised in Australia. And so um, a bit of all, all world. So um, I really loved uh, the cultures growing up and learning about them. But when I, uh, when I got to my first Holy Communion, that would have been probably uh, the last time I would go to Sunday Mass for a while. I didn't, we didn't go to Sunday Mass. Um, started to drift from my faith. Um, you know, uh, my, my, my my father did uh, leave my mother for a while there. He did that. They, they were they got back together um, after that, but they did leave. So it was a real tough time in the family. Um, I'm one of six children, so six boys, raised in Sydney, and and the area of Sydney we were raised in is um, is known for its high levels of crime. It was not. I was on the wrong side of the tracks. Um, uh, you know, uh, the drug uh, trade, violence, all sorts of things. It was a melting pot of culture. So all, all countries in the, in the world were represented in this, in this suburb where I lived in. Um, and I, I later on as a teenager went to a, a high school. The high school was in the newspapers for the wrong reasons. Uh, the high school was known as the uh, state's worst in the country. Um, 
and it was a state's worth, so, sorry, um, because of the low um, academic uh, results, the high crime rates, um, the amount of students in and out of jail, it just was not a, not a safe place to be around. Um, but I didn't know any better. And my friends were there. I, I, I just wanted to fit in and, um, and build my friendships. And right through the early years, uh, I connected with a lot of Islamic friends. Um, and what did they do? They, I looked Middle Eastern, right? With it looked, but what are the questions they ask? Oh, aren't you a Muslim? And then they, they sort of say, so you, you're a Christian. I said, yes. Oh, okay. So it's confusing to them because I didn't have any Christian friends, only Muslim friends. Um, and when they, when they noticed my crucifix, uh, I used to wear it under the shirt and they'll notice it. And they said, why are you wearing that for? I said, oh, because it's my faith. And they said, well, that's not, um, you believe Jesus died on the cross. That's not right. Uh, is there any evidence of that? I said, oh, um, I thought there was, um, we celebrate Easter every year, don't we? Um, but that wasn't enough for them. They said, no, there's no evidence of Jesus dying on a cross. I said, wow. Okay. News to me. And, and, and lots of a series of questions, which I'll, I'll, I'll sort of share a bit later, but, um, years went by and I witnessed my friends, um, uh, practicing Ramadan each year and, and it, it had an impact on me. I, I noticed these guys who were not, um, you know, the best behaved, if put it that way, uh, but would took their faith seriously they, and they got stronger and stronger in their faith. And that did influence me a little bit over the years until my final year of high school. And they had a guest speaker come and uh, this, this uh, Muslim imam came from Jordan, uh, Sheikh Ahmed, and he spoke to the students. Now, this is a state school, a public school, not an Islamic school, but more than half of the student population turned up for this talk. It was a, just an invite only. I, I, I turned up and I noticed all my, let's face it, criminal friends were sitting there quietly listening to this uh, Muslim uh, religious figure. He had a hat on, he had this sort of round hat and long beard and white gown. And I thought, okay, what, what does this guy have that the teachers don't have? Because nobody respected the teachers in school. And it just had an impact on me. I noticed at the end of that, that talk, I was invited to go to the local mosque. And, uh, that's when I was challenged, uh, with a series of questions, um, when I was there in the mosque and, and I'll, I'll go through them very quickly now. Um, that there was basically, there was quite a few, but I highlight some of the more popular ones. First thing that the um, Muslim Imam said was, uh, "How do you Christians pray?" So what did I know? The Our Father. I, I recited the Our Father. Halfway through, he stopped me and he said, "Are you calling God Father?" I said, "Yes." And he says, "Don't you have an earthly father?" I said, yes, I do. So why are you putting on God human attributes? I said, "I, I don't know." Um, he said, "You see, it's an insult to call God Father because we have earthly fathers." And so why would we uh, bring God down to our level and insult him like that? And I thought, oh, I never thought of it that way. And in the back of my mind, I thought, okay, uh, uh, one zero to him. I gave him a point in the back of my mind, like a, like a scoreboard. And uh, he then asked me, who taught you that prayer? And I said, Jesus. And he says, and who is Jesus? I said, God. And he said, so God is speaking to himself. I said, no. Um, no, no, that's not right. And I, I was trying to explain, I was 18 years old. God's not speaking to himself. He's a different person. Um, so, and then he said, okay, um, but isn't Jesus supposed to be the son of God, according to you Christians? I said, yes, that's right. So is he God or the son of God? Which one? You've got to make up your mind. So really pressuring me. And I thought, I don't know how to respond to this. He's both. Um, and then he said, uh, uh, don't you believe in a, 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 a spirit, a Holy spirit. And I said, yes. So now is that supposed to be God as well? And I said, yes. And I could tell he, he did this uh, a few times in his life and I had no idea how to respond. And I, and I said, look, I don't know how to respond to father, son and spirit. I just know that they are, they are separate, but we say they are one. He goes, well, if you can't explain it, how can you believe it? How could you follow it? I said, that's a good point. How can I, believe in something i don't even know how to describe and so it really rattled me my, my foundations and he he then invited he's, he said a number of other things but I, I won't go into that now but uh um he did invite me to close my eyes and say in arabic there is only one god and his prophet muhammad mm. and i didn't realize but that was the shahada prayer which if you say three times in arabic in front of witnesses 
you're basically initiated in Islam. And so at that moment, I actually became a Muslim according to the ritual. And I did that. He gave me a, a towel and a white gown to wear. I had a shower in the mosque. Um, and as I'm having this shower, I felt this urge to pray. And, and what other prayer did I know? I knew the Our Father. And the only other prayer I knew was the Hail Mary when I was little, as a young person. Um, and so I started to recite the Our Father and then a Hail Mary, then another Hail Mary. And by the end of my shower, I, I recited 10 Hail Marys. It happens to be a decade of the rosary. And um, on that last Hail Mary, I was putting my, my white, this white gown on and I hear a whisper, not yet, not yet. Mm -hmm. And I take off the gown, put my normal clothes back on, step out to the main area. And, and, and Sheikh Ahmed said, um, what's wrong? Is everything okay? What, you're not going to join us in prayer? I said, look, I don't know my faith. It's not fair that I leave something I don't know. If God wants me to be a Muslim, I will listen. Of course, I just want the truth. Um, please pray for me. And he said, absolutely, we'll pray for you. Um, and of course, what happened, I, I thanked him for his time. I went home. I was late from school that day in my final year of high school. And my mother was questioning where I was. And what do you think? I said, just down at the local mosque. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she really, uh, um, yeah, um, freaked out. <laughs> Gave me a big slap across the face and said, you go now to Jesus um, down the local church and ask him, uh, do you want to be, do you want, do you want to be Muslim or Christian? Show you a sign. And whatever he shows you, I won't stop. I said, fair enough. So I went down to the church and um, I, I kneeled down to the back of this church, looked at the tabernacle. I didn't even know it was called a tabernacle. That's how badly formed I was. I just was lacking so much formation. Um, I looked at the box and I said, Jesus, if you are really there, show me. Do you want me to be a Muslim or a Christian? And dead silence for 30 minutes. I, and I remember thinking to myself, I just want an answer and I was waiting for that sign, staring at that box. And after 30 minutes, now that's a miracle in itself. I never sat still for two minutes, let alone 30. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be on my knees, staring at this box, waiting for a sign, an elderly lady came in on a walking, um, on a walker and she was lighting a candle there at the little shrine at the, at the side of the church. And I remember thinking, what a holy woman, she's going to heaven. But instantly a flashback to one of my discussions was only Muslims go to heaven. Uh, according to Islam. And that means this lady is not going to heaven. That can't be right. And I look back at the box and, and the way, whether the way the light hit the box, the tabernacle, it formed a face and, and, a, and an outline, a shadow. Um, and I could make out eyes, a beard, and it looked to be Jesus. Um, and I looked away, looked back and it wouldn't go away. I was there for a good minute, minute and a half. And then this inner voice spoke to me, um, Shabel, are you going to give up all that I've done for you? And I just knew that to be the voice of Christ speaking directly to me. And I just, I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to give you up. And this huge weight came off my shoulders. I could breathe. I was, I was, I, I knew I was convinced that I'm going to stay in the Catholic church. Um, and now I need to know why. So I said, I'm going to remain a Catholic, but now I need to get to the bottom of these answers. And when I left that church, um, I was on cloud nine. Um, and I was a changed person. Literally, it was that instant. And I was convinced to stay, but I needed to, to, to get the answers to those questions. And out of all the parishes in the country, would you believe it? This very parish had weekly apologetics. And uh, thanks be to God, I turned up every Friday night, listened to these talks. I would put my hand up during question and answer time. And I would ask questions like, how do we know Jesus is real? How do we know he died on the cross? How do we know he resurrected? How do we explain the Trinity? All these big questions that I just did not how to know how to de describe. And, and bit by bit, I got my answer. And um, the rest is history. My life was changed forever, ever since the, that, that, that day. Oh, that's just so incredible. You know, I'll admit I didn't know the full story. I knew that you had a conversion, but I didn't know the story about visiting the church and how you had spoken to the you know, the muslim man and how you were really considering becoming muslim but then th that you didn't so that's just incredible so what happened after that because obviously between point point a and point b there was between where you are now and then what happened on that day uh what are some of the other puzzle pieces yeah sure um so once i i was learning the faith falling more in love with the catholic church more, uh falling in love with god um 
and I say that, I don't say that lightly. Uh, I didn't, I knew of God, but I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't speak to him. I wasn't, I was giving lip service uh, all my life. And, and my prayer life radically changed uh, in that first year. Um, and I, I, I remember doing introductory courses on theology, philosophy, listening to cassette tapes. Uh, uh, if you remember those, uh, yes, <laughs> those <I> cassette <laughs> tapes uh, were, were, were priceless. Um, I, I was introduced to uh, Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, all these great uh, preachers and, and teachers of the faith. And I consumed them every day listening to a new cassette. And I, I, I think after just two years, I would have had a, a couple of doctorate degrees based on <laughs> the amount of content I consumed just listening to these teachings. And I loved it. And the more I listened, the more I just grew in my love for God. And people noticed the difference in my life. I, um, I, st- I went to Sunday Mass. I, was go- I went to confession for the first time since my first confession. Um, so it was over 10 years. Um, I remember, uh, all my friends, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. I had to either invite them to church, uh, talk about God. I had to do something. Um, I just was so excited about the faith and, um, they, my Muslim friends noticed this. And, uh, what's interesting, um, you know, one, one, I got a call about two years later after graduating from high school. Um, and, and I was invited to, to have a chat about, uh, Islam and Christianity. And now I've got two years under my belt of learning from, from the very best. And, and so we sat down in this, um, cafe, my Muslim friend, a very good friend of mine and, uh, and myself, he had the Quran, I had the Bible and we opened up to the page one. And when you read the Quran, it, it's, um, there's, there's no a beginning. It sort of invokes God as the merciful one, his prophet Muhammad. And then it introduces you to basically a series of, of statements given by Muhammad. Um, there's no chronological order. It does mention all the different events in the old Testament, but it's not in the, in the exact order as we would have it in the Bible. Um, but when you read the Bible right away, you've got in the beginning, the word mm-hmm. right there for opening statement, um, God created the heavens and the earth and, and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And right away it's, it's, it screams at you. Trinity, God, the father creates heaven and earth. God, the Holy Spirit hovers over the waters and God, the son, the word made flesh speaks and creation is in being. And I thought, wow, verses one, two, and three of the Bible reveal the Trinity. I wonder if the Jews understood this at the time, but I was just amazed as it was just popping out of the page. And I explained to my friend how we can believe in a Trinity. Um, how, how do we know what God was doing before he created the world? Well, the only answer is love. He understood the concept as I described the Trinity as person one, loving person two, person two, returning the love of, and that being the Holy spirit. So father, son, and Holy spirit was a triune family from all eternity. He actually agreed. And he said, I see where you're going with this. And he said, look, if I continue down this uh, way of thinking, I may lose my religion. And he said, look, I, I, I'm forbidden to ask these questions about what God did before creation. So I said, look, I'm not here to convert you, but I'm here to share with you what, I discovered and now as a Catholic and, and we appreciate the Trinity. Um, I'll just give you two other little points we shared in that Please discussion. Um, he, I, I said to him, look in, in high school, you did tease me about believing in Jesus dying on a cross. And you said there was no evidence for it. And in fact, uh, you, you said he didn't die. It's, it's an insult to God. So I said, if you read the Quran, um, Surah four chapter, sorry, uh, yeah, four, one, five, seven. Um, it, it actually quotes that Jesus was on the cross. This is in the Quran. And I said, why is that there? And he said, to prove that he didn't die on the cross. So what do you mean? Well, it says in the, in the quote that it was made to appear. So although it looked like Jesus, it wasn't in fact, Jesus, it was made to appear to be Jesus. So many Muslims would, 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 uh, agree with the idea that it was, Although Jesus was initially on the cross, he was replaced with Judas and Judas was the one that actually died on the cross. Jesus ends up going to heaven, being assumed into heaven, according to Islam. Um, so he's actually in heaven right now, um, with his body. And, uh, and, and so Judas is the one that died. Jesus never died. 
Uh, they do believe that he's coming back, by the way. Um, but that's a, another discussion. But I, um, I said, why is that in the Quran? What did Jesus do to deserve being on the cross in the first place? And he couldn't answer the question. He just said, I've never thought of that. Um, because he's a good man. He's a prophet, according to Islam. And so what did he do wrong? And I haven't had a satisfactory answer yet. I, and many people I come across to ask that question. If you can tell me why he was, why that verse is in the Quran at all, I'll be interested to know the answer. But we, we, we don't get to the bottom of that question. So Jesus had to have done something. Now we know the Jews um, and Romans at the time all agree this man from, from Nazareth uh, claimed to be God. He blasphemed and therefore is put to death by crucifixion. There's historical evidence of a man dying by crucifixion. Uh, and it gets really radical here when we read our Old Testament. That's why I'm excited in the second half of this show, we'll talk about the Advent pilgrimage. But, but the Old Testament points towards a man from from Bethlehem, born of a virgin, in the, line, uh, in the line of David, will be born at a particular time, place and time, predicted from centuries earlier, and he died on the cross and rose again. And so it's so fascinating when you, when you, when you can piece it all together in the Old Testament. And my friend, he's, he just was just saying, look, okay, <laughs> I know where you're going. I, I don't know my faith. I, he was telling me what I told him in high school. I don't know my faith. I'm going to go study it and I'll get back to you. And so I really respect him for that. Um, the, the one interesting one here is um, the virgin birth. Uh, we, many people misinterpret the Immaculate Conception. And this is the feast. Of, this week we celebrated the feast of the Immaculate Conception. Um, it is not that um, Jesus, that Mary got pregnant. It's that Mary was born without sin. So that's the clarification. However, Muslims do believe that Mary was a virgin. And that's in the Quran. Um, there's a whole surah, a whole chapter dedicated to, to, to Mary. And they agree that it, um, she never had any re uh, sexual relations with St. Joseph. Uh, she, she felt pregnant from the spirit of God. And I thought, that's handy. I said, that spirit of God that you talk about, we agree with. We're on the same page. That is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and, and my Muslim friend said, no, it's not the Holy Spirit. Oh. Well, in Arabic, it literally translates to spirit of God. Therefore, if God has a spirit and he sends down his spirit and, and he basically impregnates Mary, which is how it's described in the Quran, then that, the, who is the father of Jesus? And I said, you teased me in high school that Jesus never had a father. But I, I'm asking you now, who is his father? Um, and he said he doesn't have a father. I said, well, where there's a mother, ultimately there's a father. You, you can't have one without the other. Who is the father of Jesus? And, and he said he has no father. And I kept pushing. And then, and then he said, okay, I get what you're saying. I said, if it's the spirit of God that made Mary pregnant, the father of Jesus is God himself. Therefore, it's God the father. And he, and he, and he saw where I was going. He agreed with the, with the logic there. And in the end, he just said, uh, it's not God the father. <laughs> but um, he, he, he agreed um, with, with, I guess, the premise where we started off there. And we've had great discussions and I've, I've spoken to many of my Muslim friends there still, still in contact today, actually. Um, so I don't have any, um, any negative um, relationships with them. They know what I'm doing. They even know about the book. They know about Perusia and the work I've been doing. And um, I have a, a great relationship with them. Um, and I, I just, a final thought on Islam uh, before I talk about how Perusia um, was, I don't have any issues with Muslims um, and many people, misinterpret when when we say uh, islam itself as a religion um isn't the fullness of truth we we, we say boldly as catholics that the catholic church has the fullness of faith there are elements of truth in all religions but islam will not have the fullness of truth and people will respond saying i know a muslim friend good they're, they're not all bad some are good i'm not disputing that muslims are actually children of god like we are we are all in this together whether you're buddhist muslim jew it doesn't matter your faith. We are all on the same level. We're children of God. And, and so remain friends with your Muslims. Uh, talk to them about your faith. Share with them why you believe in, in God. And if you can share on what's common. So God is a creator. God is a master. God is all powerful. Uh, pr praying five times a day. All these great things that they do do and do practice. Compliment them about that. You know, praise the good. 
But then when there's differences, don't be afraid to talk about it. Um, we're in an age today where we can't even disagree anymore. And we have to re, re, re um, discover the idea of, of healthy debate. We can talk about the differences we need to, because when you, when you have a truth of did Jesus actually exist? Yes or no. It's not, it's not a maybe. <laughs> did Jesus die on the cross? Yes or no. It's not a maybe. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Yes. <laughs> it's not a no. And so once you answer those questions, then we can share our faith with other non-Christians in love and in charity. So I'm a new creation. Thanks be to Christ and his church. And um, yeah, my Muslim friend said this and I, oh, sorry, I'll stop talking about this, but he said, um, uh, you know, in high school, you weren't religious. You never uh, prayed before, you know, before. And thanks to us Muslims, um, you wouldn't be the man you are today. And I actually stopped him. I said, thank you very much. You're, you hit it on the head. If it wasn't for you challenging me about my faith, I would not be the person I am today. Thank you for helping me discover God. Thank you for helping me appreciate my Catholic faith. So, um, yeah, I, I, thank my, I thank God every day for my Muslim friends. Thanks to them, I, I've come back to, to God and, and now I, I don't take my faith for granted anymore. I love your story. I just love that. I can hear it again. And I'm sure I'll watch this video again and again because it's, it's beautiful, really. And it is a great point because we are all created and loved by God. And the respect that we have for other religions and even non-religions, you know, every, every human was created by God. But um, it, it's beautiful that you can share your Catholic faith with them. I'm so glad that you kept those relationships, too. Yes. And that's also a wonderful thing. And, and maybe they're watching this video or some of your other videos or your website. You never so. know. <laughs> you never know. So what a, what a wonderful story. So we, we do have to take a break just in a few minutes. But before we do, uh, tell us just a little bit about how you got to where you are right now, where you are the founder of Perusia Media. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, very quickly, I, um, all those cassettes that accumulated over the years, I, I, um, because my prayer life increased, uh, you know, each year I, I would go to church every day. I made a promise in Lent, and, um, two years after high school to go to church every day. And that's when I started daily mass, um, started to read the scriptures a lot more, um, devoutly more, um, with, with a lot of discipline. I read through the scriptures twice that year. Um, uh, you know, the rosary was sort of praying it three times a day in the chaplet. And I, I was, basically spending hours a day in prayer. I just literally was falling in love with God and people noticed my family members, friends. And they said, do you want to be a priest? And I said, look, is that a sign from God? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a call from God. So I joined the seminary um, and I discerned whether God uh, was calling me to the priesthood. Uh, I spent a year and a half there, loved every minute of it. I didn't, I, I did leave. I discerned it wasn't my calling and it's not because I didn't like it. It was just because, from the very beginning, God called me to married life. I, and I had that right from day one. It never left me, but I didn't want to uh, not, I didn't want to leave, uh, uh, dive into it without knowing my vocation. And so, I, you know, I've heard the saying, you can try out you, you're the seminary, but you can't try out marriage. You know, it's not a, it's not a try before you buy in marriage. And, but the seminary, at least you can try. It's a discernment period before you become ordained. So I said, I better do that first. <laughs> and I, I did that. And, um, now I know for certain I was called to marriage, uh, met my beautiful wife uh, at the very church. I was baptized at St. Charbel's, <laughs> hence my oh name. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, um, we, we were engaged within a year, uh, a year later got, uh, married and we, we now have seven children. Thanks be to God. Um, it's Thanks such a be to God. Amen. Um, but Perusia began in our engagement time. So when I was engaged, uh, I came out of the seminary. I wanted to get more cassettes. Uh, the technology transitioned to CDs and uh, I, I, I wanted to get more CDs of Scott Hahn and Tim Staples and Steve Ray and all these great speakers. And uh, I contacted St. Joseph Communications uh, at the time and uh, I was invited to start up a, a distribution um, company. And I thought, look, I just want to get them for myself. I, I was being selfish at the time. But then they said, why don't you consider manufacturing them in Australia, pay a royalty, and that's how it began. So, 2005, uh, May 10, 2005, Perusia Media was born, um, and I started with a box of 20 titles of Scott Hahn, and I went out to bookstores 
and I just sort of said, do you want to have Scott Hahn CDs? And they loved, they started to buy word of mouth spread and we set up a website. Um, and just within a few years, uh, we started to supply different bookstores and then world youth day hit 2008. Uh, and that was a, a great grace for the country. And we wanted to keep that energy alive. So we said, we should do events as well as Perusia. And we said, who should we invite? We wanted to invite Scott Hahn. He wasn't available. So the next best for us at the time was Tim Staples, who, uh, who had a huge range of resources um, in our range. And so we invited him. He came out in 2009. He gave 16 talks in six days. And over 6,000 people turned up at these events, mm. just at parishes. And we were blown away. And we just said, okay, the Holy Spirit's working. We need to keep doing this. And so I, I, we were invited again, Steve Ray and, and Father Mitch Packer and other speakers. Year, years later, every year we, we brought out speakers. I was teaching at the time, so I was doing this on the very on the side. And about five five years ago, I partnered with um, uh, Kevin Bailey, who who met me through Scott Hahn. That was our link. That was uh, interesting. Um, and and the last three years, I, I left teaching, and now I've been full time on Perusia. Um, and we now have a, a team of of ten of us, um, and we have two offices: Sydney, Melbourne, and and praise be to God, we. Um, yeah, I, I cannot, I pinch myself. Over a million people have been reached uh, through this work and over half a million resources have been distributed. And it would have been a lot different if had I had not, um, you know, listened to Christ's voice that day. So um, thanks be to God. It's his work. And as long as the doors open, I walk through them. As long as it's bearing fruit, I'll keep going. And so I, I'm living the dream. I'm pinching myself. It doesn't feel like work. It's been an adventure ever since. I can't stop smiling. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful story, really is. And, and I just am so grateful to you to being on Journeys in Faith here on this evening. So we have a lot more to talk about. So join us in just a few minutes. We'll be right back here on Journeys in Faith. Okay, thank you. That was... Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have 
a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. We are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for. Through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you gonna participate in? Are you gonna participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Hi, welcome back here to Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis here on Fiat Ministry Network. I welcome you to like this page. And we have a fabulous guest, as you learned on the first half of the show. I have Charbel Raish coming to us from Australia. He is the founder of Perusia Media. So please do go to perusiamedia.com. They have some amazing things that are happening right on, in this very month, this very time of Advent. So before we talk about that, uh, I wondered if we could pick up, you, you told us the story of your faith journey and also how Perusia Media began. I'd love to hear also about your family. You mentioned your seven children and being a dad. What is your vocation like for you? Oh, wow. Um, it, it, it's, I take it seriously. Uh, the vocation is, is, is your path to freedom. Uh, I don't say that lightly. If, when we find our vocation in life, we are truly free. Um, we and, and and this is how i describe it. when i was discerning to be a priest um the idea of marriage didn't leave me the idea of having a family it was there every day and i and i've heard the saying you know god is constant he's always there um but the devil comes and goes and so uh when when i'd have those times of doubt it, it would be for a brief moment i know that's satan attacking and um wanting to sort of uh, you know shake me up a bit but but when i had those times of peace um inner peace i knew that was from god god we know that the devil fills you with pride he fills you with um with with all sorts of um with fear with um uh you know uh, hopelessness uh, all these other other things that are opposite to our faith but god when you know god is there when you're filled with inner peace with humility and and you just know you're sitting in right with god when i when i when that moment at the altar and i got married i, I got emotional and i realized this is it i found my calling i'm now committed to it and then confirmation came when baby one was on the way and we named our first child michael because that was the church my wife and i um had our first date in <laughs> so we mm -hmm. met there before we went on our first date and uh um and that played a big part um in our relationship and that was the very church i had my my conversion so um michael is our firstborn um, and, and each child just reaffirmed my vocation. Each child really, it was miraculous, um, to see the child when they're born, how, how this new being now, um, is there. It's an independent person that's totally dependent on you in those early years. And so the responsibility, um, I, I can't forget the first night when Michael, our baby boy was uh, in the bedroom and, you know, we've had, you know, our, our life together it was about a year and and um you know we we're in a room ourselves 
now there's this other human being in the room and you know you can hear the baby breathing and 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 just thinking we're not alone this is another what a miracle and our love this baby is the fruit of our love um wow and, and, and so you just can't help getting overwhelmed that the responsibility here um and and the the real honor in co-creating with god we become co-creators um we we share in the triune love of god as, as husband wife children uh the two become one so the one can become three in, a, in an extra person children and so um yeah i lo love all the kids you know we've got three archangels we've we've named them michael raphael and gabriel we've also got uh, an elizabeth a joseph a benedict uh catherine and um uh the oldest now is only uh, 13 and the youngest is two so they're all very close about a year and a half apart and um yeah they're best friends and and i just can't help think having a large family and to me i i mean it's with the circle of friends i have it's it's probably the average <laughs> size some <laughs> families have 10 11 uh, more it's been amazing but the fact that they they can grow up together and be best friends that's what we love and they have each other to, to really um count on now they don't all, they're not all perfect right they, they have their moments and arguments and fights but they always um make it make up and um, they know that their, their siblings are always going to be there for them and so um just love love family life love having a big family and i highly recommend it um the investment parents if you're if you're thinking stop at one or two um if you're open to god's will and and again it's a blessing we don't deserve one child let alone seven uh we we can't predict the number we have it's all up to god um but but one is a blessing let alone many people are trying to have one child and they can't fall pregnant and so we we have to uh value life um it's it's a gift it's a treasure and um we don't deserve it but we are sharing in the co-creation of god so what an honor it is and so we are grateful that we can share in that and the responsibility is to, to raise these children to be independent um uh, human beings that they can then serve and fall in love with god on their own so they can live their faith not our faith um and and so that's an important part that we're trying to foster that the, the parent the, the kids can grow up and and be their own person um in, in the image and likeness of god so loving it it's not all perfect and i'm not i'm not here saying uh it is but the investment early on it is hard it is tough it's there's a daily grind but the the it's over it's um the reward it's so fulfilling um so it's hard work but so fulfilling such a blessing and now that they're getting older they're starting to help out at home so it's actually mm -hmm. you know it, it gets easier if, if i can say that they're helping with the little ones so it's not all bad <laughs> it's quite it's quite uh um interesting how it works now so the older kids are helping the younger ones and helping mom and dad at the same time oh praise god thank you so much for sharing and here we are in the advent season i'm sure that they're excited for what's coming right and and just the celebration and knowing what you're involved with too and right in this whole advent pilgrimage that that oh, we're yes. on together and and i'm on it too with Perusia media so thank you so much for sharing about family and it's just so important to share that and and also you're with your children's faith i'm sure it's very beautiful for you to watch how they can believe uh step by step you know as they're receiving their sacraments right and as they're learning about their faith and being catechized what's that like for you too yeah absolutely i mean again uh we don't want to give lip service to our children we don't want to just throw them in the sacraments um it's important you know they the, the faith is caught not taught so that mum and dad uh live the faith we 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 respect and 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 really value what's going on um with the sacraments and if they see that it's so important to mum and dad it will rub off onto them and so uh you know we just had a, a son that had his first holy communion and he's just beaming with joy um you know to receive our lord in the eucharist and he's just a new creation he's he's in love uh, with god it's so it's so amazing and he's only nine years old and he's just uh yeah looking forward to the next time he can receive communion and it's it's great to see and he has his little uh, moment you know to, to have thanksgiving after after communion and we love that we love that everyone has a different uh, angle and and uh, they're all different um personalities and we've got to nurture them in their in their um uniqueness uh, some uh love to be um more vocal in their prayers or a bit more um 
you know, they, they like to say the rosary more or, or, or group prayer. Some like to meditate a bit more. Some like silence. Some like reading. It's so fascinating to see, uh, you know, we feed them every day, the same food. We, we, we pray as a family with the same prayers. You know, we, they all basically get the hand-me-down clothes. Everything is the same. They live in the same house, but they're all different. <laughs> and, and that's, that's, yes. that's the beauty of, of, of family life. It's unique and uh, is always something to discover each day. It really is. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your life because you've shared, you know, your personal journey when you were younger and then a little bit about the work that you're doing, Perusia, and then now your family. So it's, it's just all ties together so wonderfully. And, um, and now I thought we could talk a lot about what's happening because, you know, there is so much going on right now for you with Perusia Media. And I'm thrilled that I'm also uh, involved it with it too because bill snyder and i and you know bill because he's yes. partaking in in the advent pilgrimage and he's also my co-host on the podcast that i'm involved with called sowing hope on patchwork heart ministry radio so tell us about that how how did it start and how did the idea come and we'd love to hear about all these wonderful speakers too yeah sure um the idea first started when we did our um our, our first pilgrimage, which was um, the Rosary pilgrimage, and once we we saw the impact that had over forty thousand people, one hundred and sixteen countries. Um, I mean, I that that's Our Lady. She wanted it to happen. Phenomenal uh, throughout uh, the month of September, leading up to the Feast of the Holy Rosary on October seven, and people were saying, "What's next? We need another pilgrimage." And so the idea of an Advent pilgrimage was born, um, and I. And our good uh, friend Dominic D'Souza from Smart Catholics, he was the link. So when I shared this idea with Dominic, he has said he's got a friend that had this idea of a novena, um, and that was he was referring to Bill. And so then he connected us together. So thank you, Dominic, um, for doing that. Yes. And then uh, had a chat with Bill, and we hit it off right away. It was just like he shared this idea of the Las Posadas novena, uh, a Mexican tradition. Uh, you know, talking about uh, what St. Joseph and Mary experienced in finding no, no room in the inn. And that's literally the translation. Pasadas is a little inn and um, uh, they had no room. And so the tradition where they'll knock on door to door, um, trying to enter into someone's house, they'll re relive this, reenact this out. And finally, the final home will open up their door um, to, to, to the people knocking and they have a big celebration. And so um, Bill Snyder did a great job there with a booklet um, called the Contemplative Las Posadas, and uh, he he drew out of the hymn, the traditional hymn that was prayed or sung during this time in Mexico, these different themes, and he drew those themes out and created meditations. So his concept was to do the the sort of a nine day novena with a speaker, and so you're participating. You actually the the climax, the last one on uh, Christmas Eve there. So we end with uh, Yawn, which is which is a beautiful meditation. Um, and each each uh, day there's a different theme, and so that was his idea. And I said, "Well, we've got this idea of a a Advent pilgrimage, and I'm I still wasn't sure which direction to go. Whether we follow the Jesse tree, I've 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 always wanted to do like a salvation history um, build up to Christ because um, that's what it's about. We're we're waiting for the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the promised one, and and I thought that would be neat and. I, I threw up ideas. I discussed with him, you know, we could go down the line of just the daily scripture readings or um, weekly um, meditations. But then I thought, no, look, let's just go for it. Why don't we go for a full pilgrimage, 27 days. We'll go from Adam to Jesus. And instead of the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, let's go from Eden to Bethlehem. And so let's, let's really call it um, the Advent pilgrimage, a journey from Eden to Bethlehem, which, in, which sort of merges the two ideas of, the Jesse tree and the Las Posadas tradition in one. And uh, we've got some great speakers lined up, yourself included. Um, and we're on day, uh, what's this, Friday today? So we are. Is it 11? It's today, or as the recording of it, day 13. It would be day 13 okay. um, uh, on Friday. So, um, yes, uh, we, we've had amazing speakers. Um, the light, right from the beginning, we started off with a bang with uh, Matthew Leonard from next uh, level of catholic academy wow he set the scene and he talked about the creation story um and then we had dr edward shree um, talk about adam and eve um my goodness uh, again just these bible scholars are amazing dr john bergsma talking about noah 
the story of Noah. Uh, Steve Ray talking about Abraham. We had our very own Robert Haddad from Australia. who's written a book, Defend the Faith and Early Church History. He talked about Isaac. Um, we also then had uh, my, uh, myself. I spoke on uh, Jacob. And then it was, uh, sorry, I spoke on Joshua. Jacob, we got John Bergsmer again because um, uh, Michael Barber was, was due to come on, but he was away on family trip and just couldn't get the video in time. And, and so uh, we had John Bergsmer uh, back up and do um, Jacob as a great meditation. Then we had Thomas to Joseph. So I'm going through more, but great meditations. Um, Peter Pelican on Moses, Sonia Corbett on King David. That was a powerhouse. Um, you know, Christine Wood, Andrew Wood, and the list goes on. We've got Jeff Cavins end, um, doing Mary. And then we've got Father John Flutter ending on St. John the Baptist. Then it transitions into the Las Posadas, the nine days. And that's when Bill Snyder would do day one of that novena. And it, it's done uh, in conjunction with the liturgy. So it, on December 17, the uh, church transitions its readings to the O antiphons. And so we thought, why don't we line it up and take advantage of the time difference here? Because in, in Australia, we are uh, 17 hours ahead of, of you in the States. Mm. So uh, December 17 is December 16 for you. So we said, uh, we'll start our novena on December 17. It will finish on Christmas morning for, for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, in the Southern Hemisphere, and it'll finish on Christmas Eve that, um, for you uh, in America. So uh, it works out perfectly. It timed nicely, fits with the church readings. And we've actually added a downloadable booklet that has the daily readings. And there's a bit of a challenge there for people just to read the, the daily readings each day. And so the church has um, beautiful uh, scriptures that all talk about the coming of this Messiah, the promised one. And uh, we invite people to download that. It's completely free um, on the in our website, perusiamedia.com. And you can download that booklet for free. It's got all the readings and keep that for life. You know, you've got um, a space to write down any notes from the meditations and yeah, it's a really good little companion. Talks a bit about patchwork heart ministries, Perusia media and smart Catholics. So we sort of come together, collaborated. And I think that's when the Holy spirit works. When we collaborate, we have that collaborative spirit. Uh, amazing things can happen. So very blessed to be working with both Dominic and Bill and all of you, uh, all of you great speakers, 27. <laughs> different speakers and what a blessing and it's just been a phenomenal experience oh it really is it really is i have to admit advent is one of my favorite times of year i don't know about you but it's i just love advent the the waiting and the excitement yes. to celebrate the birth of our savior and and you really put together a beautiful pilgrimage and like you said wonderful speakers so i just want to encourage people who are watching right now to please do go to perusiamedia.com and to check out the the advent pilgrimage and and also there's the jesus centered life uh one that's going on right now i believe or it's just finishing up that's and right. that's yeah, another that, one that's, that, that's on your website too so it, it's all good it's wonderful and please do check out and and purchase if you can the a contemplative las posadas rosary for 4.99 from patchworkheart.org from bill snyder and it, I can't say enough good about it. I know it was very popular too. It's been selling a lot on Amazon and even through your website. So, yes, oh, it's a it's a great work. He's done a great job, um, Bill. Um, and I have to admit, both both yourself, I've been introduced to yourself and Bill this year, and I'm just amazed uh, how we could come together and learn about each other's works, and and really work together and partner in many ways and cross promote. Um, the work because it's all the same goal right um, bringing people to the kingdom of god and work we're, we're co-workers in the vineyard as we say and so it's great to be collaborating with with everyone including yourself it, it really is thank you so much so is there anything else that's going on that you'd like to tell people about you know 2021 is around the corner i don't know yes. if there's anything that's going on coming up in january or february that you can tell us about there is actually uh, i could give a sneak peek a little uh okay um, pre pre-launch uh, but um, at the end of January on the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas we are preparing to launch the Perusia Academy and mm -hmm. so this is going to be formal study so this is now for many years you know we started off with CDs and DVDs then, and then we've got lots of books then these study programs all these events where people would hear a talk go away inspired 
and then the the sort of the energy drops down and then we've got to keep them motivated again but doing an actual course now um in your in you know online uh from some of these great speakers dr ed Fried, dr john bergsma dr scott hahn uh these great deacon harold burke sivers and many others um you know it's going to bring together some of the world's best uh, uh, teachers in the faith. They're presenting a, a 12 hour long course each, mm -hmm. and you can do that 12 hours long, um, you know, ranging from eight to 12 lessons on various topics on philosophy, theology, bioethics, uh, Christology, church history, apologetics, you name it. Um, we, we're covering about it. We're going to launch with about between two and four um, topics to start with. And then each, we have terms here in Australia, so so a, a semester is has two terms. So uh, a semester typically goes for six months. We will launch um, every three months uh, another few a few a few courses. So every every three months you'll get new courses that will be released uh, completely online, very affordable. There'll be an assessment at the end if you wanted to get a qualification at the end of it. Um, so it's not a university degree; it's just below that. Um, but it is a certificate program that allows you to, at least in Australia, to teach in Catholic schools, RE. Mm. Um, and we hope we can roll that out internationally where um, uh, diocese by diocese will recognize the program that, and, and give people qualifications. And um, uh, bit by bit, as I'm, um, as I'm promoting this among different dioceses, they are coming on board to, to acknowledge the qualification. I'm hoping that this could help um, with people's formation. You don't have to be a teacher to do this. Anyone can do it, and it's going to be available for anyone. Uh, adult formation. Um, it's going to be easy to follow, um, and really good stuff. I mean, you know, breaking it down in easy to understand formats, but video format with downloadable pro, um, guides. Uh, I'm very excited about it. So that's going to be launched. Your audience is the first to know officially. <laughs> and, oh um, my goodness! I'm uh, blessed. We launch uh, <laughs> next year. So. Yeah, but it's been the busy, normally in December and January, that's a quiet time for us. It's our summer. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this has been the busiest December, January I can remember. <laughs> so I can tell you what, uh, although COVID um, this year has meant cancellation of all our, our physical face-to-face -face events, it's certainly, although that door closed, another door opened with virtual conferences and, and that's just been, been keeping us very busy. So it's been such a blessing. Oh, it has. It has. So that's really exciting. I have to admit and for myself, I am excited. I will be looking into this. And I think that the whole video idea is just really good. People learn well from videos. They do. Yes. Not to say that books don't have it, their importance. They're extremely important. But I think people really learn from a visual and it's almost like interacting and talking to someone when you can just watch that video and go back and watch it again. So I, I'm excited. Now, is that on your website yet? Or will we no, be watching um, out for we'll that? We'll announce it at the end of the pilgrimage. So um, we'll, we'll have, we've got the graphics done, um, working closely with Dominic actually, he's doing great work there. And um, we'll launch that just before Christmas, what the idea of it. And then we officially announce, we officially launch on, on St. Thomas Aquinas Feast next year. So we'll announce it, uh, that it's coming before Christmas for people to look out for it and then we'll launch at end of January. So I'm um, very excited. It's, it's all going ahead um, on schedule and I can't wait for people to see, see this program. Yes, oh, I can't wait either. I can't wait either. And refresh my memory, is this feast day, is it the 25th or the 27th? Um, or maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it's the 20, 27th or 28th. Oh, okay, <laughs> so all right. I, I knew uh, it was around there somewhere yeah, because there's the a lot of them right the, around uh, that, that I can remember. Yeah. Yes, good, good. We'll have to keep an eye on that. So uh, thank you. Thank you. So uh, I wondered that, you know, we all went through somewhat of a challenging year this year. And I thought as we end, we'll be ending in maybe about five, 10 minutes or so. Uh, if you had any words of wisdom, advice, or just something that would help a person watching that might maybe suffer this year, maybe it was from uh, the actual disease, maybe it was from COVID-19, maybe it was a job loss, or something to do with uh, a relative or whatever, something else. Uh, if you would have any words of wisdom for them to be able to persevere during this time. And as we hopefully get back to normal this coming year, 2021, uh, a lot of the diocese and archdiocese hopefully getting back to normal with uh, bringing 
mass, I mean, mass is going on mostly everywhere where I am, but I don't know if it is everywhere, um, you know, where people can attend. So for anyone who's feeling that discouragement, if you would have any words of wisdom. Yeah. First and foremost, you are not alone. I mean, that's it. We are in this together as the human body, um, uh, humanity. We, we, everyone has suffered across the world and that alone to share in suffering, um, in a, in a weird way gives you, I guess it makes the pain lessen a little bit because you're not alone. Um, so when you think of others as suffering, people have lost their lives. As you say, people have really suffered in hospital. Um, people have lost loved ones. People have lost their jobs, all these things. So, so the first idea is that you're not alone. Then the, the next reality is God is there with you. He will never leave you. So can you imagine the Israelites in, in the wilderness, 40 years waiting to get to the promised land. And after one month, they would have been over it in the desert after two months, after six months. Now we've suffered about nine months at the moment. Imagine after that whole year in the desert, they just had enough. They want to get out 40 years. They didn't, the people who are over 20 years of age is in our scriptures. We can read, they didn't get to enter into the promised land. Only those who were under 20. So, so that type of suffering, but they had to trust and turn to God. Ultimately God came, God was with them. He never left them. Um, and so let's remember when we go through our desert times, our, our desert wanderings, you know, our loneliness, the suffering, the pain that on the other side, if we can just persevere through, there is the promised land. There is, um, there is a promise that God has given us that he will never leave his people and he'll be with us. And that should give us encouragement, hope. Um, and with that hope, we can long for that, that the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, remember, you know, as I discovered, Jesus did die on the cross. And if he didn't die on the cross, we would not have the good Friday. But then three days later, he rose from the dead. He did rise. Mm -hmm. And so he conquered death. He restored life and he gave, made us a new creation. So the resurrection transforms suffering. And so any time we're going through suffering, let's think of Jesus, unite ourselves with him on the cross, apply that because it's so powerful, our prayer life, apply that suffering to someone in need. I pray for this person. Use my suffering, Lord, to help this person. Because we are the body of Christ, oh my goodness, I mean, this is either real or not. And so you've got to decide what side of the fence you're on. If God is real, if prayers can be answered, unite yourself with prayer. And as the mystical body of Christ, those in heaven, those in purgatory, suffering, those on earth, we are all in this together and we can unite together. So prayer transforms and, and prayer with fasting, abstinence, suffering amplifies the, the um, I guess, the, the power of it. And, and it really can transform you. And, and all of a sudden, you don't just want to avoid pain. You want to embrace pain. The, the, the saints actually, the, the mystery of the saints, when they discovered the power of suffering, they wanted more of it. It, it's, it just, it, it transforms your way of thinking. Um, and, and so when we are going through suffering, let's not waste the pain as Archbishop Fulton Sheen says, let's apply it um, and, and really turn it to need. And, and we can help people more than we, we think, more than we can understand um, by applying our suffering for, for people around the world those suffering everywhere. So let our, let's transform our pain into a, an eternal gain. And so um, really uh, you, you will not feel the pain once you embrace it, accept the cross and then think of the resurrection. And, 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 you know, um, I just think God, God will triumph in the end. He always does. We know how this story ends. It is a, is a good ending. We just got to say yes, um, say yes. And, and there are many saints who have gone before us. Ask on them to help you um, and you will get there. And you're not alone. We're with you. We're all with you. Let's pray for each other as the body of Christ and get there together. Thank you. You, you really love your faith. And, and for someone who is trying to evangelize as you are, it comes through that you are a very authentic person who truly cares about people 
and you care about their faith and you wish to evangelize the way that God wants you to. So I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on Journeys in Faith. Would you come back again? Uh, more than happy to, anytime. <laughs> thank you. And also, as I get, again, I said thank you for allowing me to be part of this beautiful Ad Advent pilgrimage. And again, please, I invite everyone to go to perusiamedia.com and sign up. Uh, you can, it's free registration, right? And that's right, completely free, right up until Christmas. And that's, I can't stress that enough. Many people are confused because we have the platform on, on our Perusia on Demand platform, which has uh, videos that are for purchase. But the actual pilgrimage is free. So the, you sign mm -hmm. up, you get the emails, completely free. Don't, you don't need a credit card. You don't need any of that. Just enjoy it right up to Christmas. Um, you will be invited if you like to purchase and own the copy. That's a different story. You can own it for yourself and download the videos. That will cost uh, $19.99 Australian, which is about $14 US. So it's not expensive. Um, it supports not only Perusia, but also the other ministries because we'll be mm -hmm. donating back to many of the contributors to this pilgrimage. And so, you know, very little um, cost if you choose to purchase, but you don't have to, you're not forced to. It's completely free. Um, and just enjoy, enjoy it. Shabal, thank you so much for being with me again. And I also want to wish you a beautiful Advent and a, and a, and a wonderful Christmas with your family. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been an honor to be with you here. And um, I'm praying for you, your ministry. And, and I can't thank you enough for participating in the Advent pilgrimage because it's a cracker. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> meditation. And it's such a beautiful one to end on. And so people, uh, you have to sign up to get, and the meditation there. So I yes, please do. Thank you. Thank you for the honor. So everyone, we will see you next Friday on Journeys in Faith. God bless. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.